Welcome to The Time Is Now. It is June the 15th. This week, took a little break this week, so we have a little special show this week. We have some excerpts from last year's soapbox segments, some hand-picked soapbox segments for you guys to enjoy. So sit back, relax, and we'll see you on the other side. As I sit here, I find it difficult to find words to formulate my thoughts, to keep them organized. Uh, I have this anger, this anger I've had since I was a young child, continues to build up and build up. And I go by and I look and I see this constant complacency, this, this people who do not want to see. They don't want to see the injustice that's in front of them. They say, and I do understand that to some degree because you're not forced to learn about the history of your people and how they treated the people of this country and all over the world. As we continue to see that the military forces are embedded in every country, but those countries are not embedded everywhere else, you kind of get an understanding of this. They want to make it where it's black versus white and brown versus black and all these different things. You know why? Because the puppet master sitting in the back, that 1%, that 1% and sitting back laughing because as you fight amongst each other, they continue to get rich. The basis of a capitalist society, as you see the pyramid on the dollar bill, they sit at the top while we scratch for things at the bottom. They have the white middle American believe that the black and the brown are the cause for their problems. It will have you believe that we're taking your jobs, that we are disrupting your way of life. But that's not the case. Black people are, have been, since they've been here, fighting for just equality. Think of it. Why, why do you get so upset when you just hear the terms that black lives matter? That should think about that. If someone, if you were to utter the words, my life matters, and someone was upset with you, wouldn't you try to figure out why? Think about that for a moment. They just want you to acknowledge that we matter, simply exist, that we are no longer three fifths of a human, that we do not deserve to be hung from trees. As you look across this nation right now, you have people silently, only on social media here and there, not on the news, no marches held in their honor, being hung from trees. One, being a young woman who was pregnant. And for what purpose, for what reason? You are the ones who are being misled. You are the ones who have the cloaks over your eyes. They feed you this hate, this hate versus another race. But my thing is this, for what purpose? What is your end game? They want us to kill each other off because in the meantime, they continue to get rich. When this pandemic hit, who benefited the most? Who's coming up with the vaccines? What is really going on? See, the majority of us, the 99% of us are sleeping at the wheel. 
even in the own black community, we cannot do things as a unity. There's no unity. We're fighting amongst each other. Who's even going to play basketball? Basketball, a sport for fun, for entertainment. We're disputing amongst each other. Even now when, when Black Lives Matter, now they're saying, well, all Black Lives Matter. Well, what, what do you think the original thing meant? As the LGBTQ community now has a plus, I, I, I apologize. We want to di divert it or direct it or add to it. We just can't stay consistent. If we don't stick together as a nation and rise up against the 1% who wants to silence us and wants to keep us under their thumb, put their knee on our necks, we cannot achieve true nirvana. This world will crumble because we cannot unify as a nation, not just black, not just brown, but you too, white America, you too, middle America, who's bought all your firearms, who are, who are waiting for Trump to tell you what to do to give your walking orders to try to eliminate the enemy. But guess what? He is your enemy. They are your enemy. They are the ones who's put, putting this hate in your heart to hate someone who's done nothing to you, has never done anything to you who's not holding you back in society. Last time I checked, when was the last time you saw a white man hanging from the trees? Do black men do drive-bys in your neighborhoods? As we kill each other and then you kill us, what does that do? How do you propel yourself from that? So now after you kill us who have been your strongest allies in all the wars, guess what? The world can mobilize against you because you know what? They cannot stand you. When you go to other countries for vacations, they abduct you for ransom. They don't like you because you are hypocritical, America. You say you stand for one thing but you only make it apply to some. People come here and travel to this country because they come here for a hope of prosperity. But it's maligned with bigotry and hatred. This country has never treated us as human beings. With the Tuskegee Project giving us syphilis and the things you've done in 1920 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, killing a whole nation of people who pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. What is the true message? I'm wondering, should we even, when they say go back, should we stay here? Should we take our millions and go make our own Wakanda? It's just something to think about as middle-class America, which is the backbone of this country continues to be middled out as the rich get richer and the middle-class becomes poor. And guess what? That is you white supremacists, you are middle-class America. It is your women who are the ones who take most of the welfare. It is you and it is you who will falter and you will find someone to blame. And instead of blaming the man or the people who look just like you, who thumb their noses at you and think less of you when you talk with your Southern accents and you talk with your different dialects and they laugh at you in the corners while giving you walking orders. You are the pawns on this chessboard. 
their biggest fears if we all realize it and wake up from our consciousness and see that when black and black start to look at each other and say hey no more bl blue and red we're coming together as brothers when brown looks at black and says you know what orderly vato you are my brother and when middle white america puts down their confederate flag and we all together in unison hold up the american flag and all take a knee because it is time to get what is owed to us all we want is to matter all we need is to matter and let the constitution live up to what she was made to be in our hearts because all of us love this country all of us have fought for this country all of us have fought for the ideals of what this country promises but she has never given when will you all wake up when will you all see that they pin us against each other to stay at the top and to remain what they are this country was founded on those to believe that we all can be created equal but has not lived up to that it's another monolithic society from which it was birthed from and came over here as doing the same thing but built up on bloodier, bloodier warpath. We have to right the wrongs of this nation's original sins. We have to wake up and understand that this, what we're doing to each other is not right. Killing someone because of how they look, killing someone for the different attire that they're wearing, killing someone because they're in a different socioeconomical class is not right. You guys have to understand what is happening in front of you rise up together as brothers and sisters and understand and say first that I love you, I see you, and I appreciate you. We do not own the rights to this music. Sunrise, thank the man upstairs for letting me open my eyes. It's a whole new game for me, like T Lee. It's 9 7 now, and I'm a state sucker free. Thinking about all my homeboys behind bars as I crease up my khakis and lace up my stars, and everything is straight. What? I'm in the full zone getting paper every day. It's all I'm dripping on, cause ain't nothing like a rag in California. I ate with the top back rolling on the high sunny day. It's one note for sure. And I'm clowning all the rookies with a pocket full of cookies and mashing to the backyard book. Get your boogie on. Get your boogie on. Get your boogie on. And we coming with that. Yeah. It's all about that. Uh. It's the backyard book. It's the backyard book. It's the backyard book. 
Now just throw your hands up high in the sky Represent where you're from Cause it's west till I die Put it down anywhere Take thanks for what they worth Been a rider since birth And the earth is my turf So I bells in the party Everything is cool It's niggas in the hood I ain't seen since high school And everybody got stripes Cause we all pay dues Rips, moves, and other clicks and crews Just getting a boogie on Hoochie bitches getting loose It kinda remind me of the truce and nine deuce I'm even kicked back and I'm usually chicken honking The blood shooting dice and the crypts to see walking Now the party is jumping and the crowd's getting bigger Looked up and saw four hoes to every nigga And it's off the hook, got you grinding and humping Cause the backyard boogie be bumping, uh Straight from Mingo Wood And you know that it's all good You can put that on your hood every day And we coming with that Out of control and everywhere you look Ain't number real niggas, the busters got shook And everybody left with the whole hustle of bang And Daisy Dukes and Khaki who seem to be the thing You choose or you lose while you're conversating Enough cock to go around, so ain't no player hating I want homegirl over there in all red Why? Cause baby got backs like Mix-a-Lot said right. But I keep my composure, kick back like a pro Cause a Mac 1-0 just refused to save a hoe But it's a done deal, locked up, throw away the key Cause she gon' lead a backyard boogie with me Get your boogie on Get your boogie on Ain't Get your boogie on Ain't And we coming with that fighting gotta keep on pushing you have to force them to see to see what's been happening since this country has began I've been in different talks and different circles and I get to speak to uh, people of the Caucasian race and some will say well look at you Things obviously are getting better. You had a black president and you have all these millionaires like LeBron and billionaires like Oprah and you should be happy. 
Things are obviously better. What do you mean racism? Anyone can pull themselves up by their bootstraps. <laughs> See, that's the misconception. Can you? Because you can't buy your way out of racism. And they don't believe it's systematic because there are a few of us who make it due to our God-given talents. You see, that's the misnomer. He's, for some reason in this country, they believe that you can buy your way out of anything. And that's just not the case. Because at any time, in any given moment, maybe it's not us, but maybe it's our child or cousin of ours or someone who just doesn't have the money will be sent to prison will be killed because of this systematic racism in this country what this country was founded on so you got to remember back in the old times when this country was has began and they seem to have selective memory because they want to tell you to peacefully protest and pe well this country was not founded on peaceful protest it was not no taxation or representation it wasn't the Boston Tea Party was not a party at all. It was a revolution. It was a riot, fires, deaths, dangers. And the reason why I talk about this systematic, I say it's systematic because if you do not have funding, if you're not the right color, you're treated harshly. What do I mean by that? When a black person is approached by the police, he's approached with more hostility, it's a fact. Guns drawn, get down, stop resisting. When you're not even resisting, just an excuse to harm you or even kill you. Why is that? Did you know that the black man is six times more likely to be convicted of a crime than is white man. Did you know that when there is a conviction that the black man is more than going to spend more than three times as much time behind bars, three times longer? Over 70% of all the prisons in America are filled with black and brown men. Now, when I say a systematic, it goes back to, like I said, the genesis of this country where we had slave labor. That was the labor of the nation. That's how this nation knows how to grow generational wealth through the backs of others for cheap to free labor. That's what the prison system comes to be today. You have the indentured servants being those white people who spend a share amount of time and those are the lowest of the low those are the people they want to consider quote unquote white trash because they didn't have the funds the money to bail them out or to get proper representation to get them out of a situation so they don't have to go ahead and do uh take a deal if you will they didn't have the proper representation so these guys obviously deserve to be back there but not as long as the negro because we all know the history of this land is the negro is less than so you have that. Now, who prays for this prison system? The people who pay for it, these lobbyists, these billionaires who are making billions upon billions. It's a multi-billion dollar industry, the prison system. Those people are the lobbyists. They put the people in power who make these laws, who allow the system to be the way that it is. 
So how do you change that when all they know is this is the one way of life, this is the way, this is the way they earn their livings. There's only one way to do it. You have to find another way for them to earn billions and showing that us being the number one country in prisons per capita is not the best way. As they begin to defund the police department because we're over-policed, let us police ourselves. Studies have shown if you put money towards the school system, which some states are doing, I believe they're doing that in LA County, you put money towards the school system, it changes that because if people have more education, they have more opportunity, have more trades for people to learn, then you'll have less crime. It's a fact, look it up. Our system is designed for us to fail. That's why they call it the trap. It's a trap. Traps set across this land to get you to fall for it, to get yourself behind bars, as you are six times more likely to do so. What if we're educated? What if we have a system set up to where you can make billions off the trades of others? See, I brought this up in, a, in another podcast. Um, I believe it was the, um, it's the uh, 24-7 show at AC, I believe. I can't remember, but you should check them out on Facebook. But the point I brought up was the only color they really care about in this country is green. If you can find a way, another way for these multi-billionaire lobbyists to make their money, I use the analogy to Monsters, Inc. I have a six-year-old daughter, so I'm very savvy and I'm very cognizant and I watch these movies often. And I remember in Monsters, Inc., the way they generated power, their way of life for hundreds of years was to scare children. They used those screams to generate their capacitors, the energy capsules. And that was their way of life. Until one day they discovered that you would generate far more power through laughter, through laughter. They found a better source, a better way of living. And now everyone lived in harmony going forward. We gotta do the same thing here. Now I know that's just a cartoon. It may be just a fairy tale, but you gotta find another way to get through. It's gotta be a better way than killing your fellow man. It's gotta be a better way than living life through these goggles of hate. If America wants to stop being hypocritical, if America wants to actually believe in the Constitution that it laid out, that everyone, every man deserves freedom and a fair opportunity to actually lift himself up through their bootstraps, then we have to make a change. Times for change and the change is now. The change is now. How do we get there? Let's figure it out together. This show is brought to you by Pure Diamond Auto. With Pure Diamond Auto, they take the dirt out of the car business and make it pure. Pure Diamond Auto has a team of former finance and sales managers who can guide you through all the tricks of the trade. Go to www.purediamondautola.com today and use promo code TIME for a free consultation. That's promo code TIME. That's purediamondautola.com.
what can I say? I love PDA. All right, you know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's the happy birthday, so let's go. We got Venus Williams, who'll be 41 this week, and the daughter of Kanye and Kim Kardashian, Northwest, will be 8 this week. Dirk Nowitzki will be 43, and O'Shea Jackson Sr., Ice Cube, will be 52 this week. And we have Tom Chambers, NBA star legend. Tom Chambers will be 62 this week. Courtney Cox will be 57. And probably the biggest bust in NBA history, Darko Milicic will be 36 this week. And Neil Patrick Harris, Doogie Howser will be 48 this week. MC Ren will be 52 this week. And he says, shake it like a red nose. Sage the Gemini said he'll be 25 this week. WWE superstar Bailey will be 32. Phil Mickelson will be 51 this week. And Cristiano Ronaldo Jr. will be 11 this week. And NFL star Justin Jefferson will be 22. And also Amari Cooper will be 27. Kendrick Lamar will be 34 this week. And Takeoff from the Migos will be 27 this week as well. We have Blake Shelton will be 45 this week. And Tika Sumter from the Have and Have Nots and Mixish will be 41. OT Genesis will be 34 this week. Paul McCartney will be 79. Paula Abdul will be 59, and Zoe Saldano will be 43. Wow. And Juicy Smollett, or Jesse Smollett, however you want to call him, will be 38 this week. And probably the best pitcher of all time, Jacob DeGrom, will be 33 this week. Pop star Macklemore will be 38. And Kiki Shear from the Gospel section will be 34 this week. Lionel Richie will be 72. And Felicia Rashad will be 73. John Goodman will be 69 this week. And Star-Lord Chris Pratt will be 42 this week. And finally... Prince William will be 39 this week. We have some honorable mentions. NBA legend, first dominant big man in the NBA, George Mikan, who passed away in 2005, will be 97 this week, would have been 97 this week. The Ultimate Warrior, who passed away in 2014, would have been 62 this week. And Lou Gehrig, who passed away in 1941 from ALS, we call it now, Lou Gehrig's disease, which my mother passed away from, my mother-in-law passed away from. Um, he would have been 118 this week. And finally, Tupac Amaru Shakur, who was fatally killed, gunned down in Las Vegas Strip, would have been 50 this week. Back in 1986, he passed away and was killed. He would have been 50 this week. Well, that's all the birthdays this week, guys. Now, back to our show. Welcome back to The Time Is Now. That was Be Against the World. Tupac, rest in peace, speaking to us from the grave. Just a prophet, a prophet speaking on things that are still happening to this day. This week in our soapbox, so many things we can talk about. Uh, I, I spoke on something in one of my sports groups and I got a request to speak on it to, to uh, expound upon that thought that I was having as I was watching a football game the other day and noticing how the commentators, how the media was depicting the black coach. Matter was black coaches on both sides. And one team, um, the Falcons, was doing better underneath their coach, Rasheem Morris, after they got rid of their long-tenured white coach. But there was very little talk about how that minority coach was succeeding and doing well in this game. All they can focus on was how Anthony Lynn, the African-American coach on the other side of the Chargers, 
was not doing so well. They were praising the white quarterback who he empowered and put in place after his black quarterback, who was a starter early in the season, was actually hurt or injured due to the medical staff puncturing his lung. He made that decision to start the rookie white quarterback. And even though the team is not doing well and what have you, which is expected with a rookie quarterback, they were dissecting every single bit. I've never heard a game to where they focus more on the coaching rather than the players. I've never heard it. And then I think back to all the different quarterbacks, the African-American quarterbacks, if they're not perfect, how they're critiqued so much coming out of college, how they rally behind someone like Tebow who quote unquote could not throw, but they cannot even think to give the same praise to Lamar Jackson, who was actually the league MVP. These are things that are alarming to me. These are things that I notice. And, and when you are someone who looks like them and you know the different prejudices that are against you, it, it, it's, it's, it's easy to see. You may be even hypersensitive to it, to be honest. I remember even when the, the model for, if you will, model of coaches, you will for, um, who's a coach in, in the Steelers? I can't remember, Mike Tomlin how he's never had a losing season. Yet and still, he was even on the hot seat when he went eight and eight. How was that? When you have Gase over there who was high as hell at his press conference, coaching for the Jets, a non-winning season, how he hasn't even been yanked yet, how you have Matt Patricia over down in Detroit, who was thinking up the joint, taking over for a one-year coach and Jim Caldwell, who's now back to being a coordinator. He had one of the only, he's the one, he's one of two of the only winning coaches, and I think in franchise history, and he was let go with with without a sniffle, without a little bit, not even a chance when Patricia was there season after season, continuing to lose with all that talent. How does this even happen? How does this even happen? Why is it? Why is this the case where we have to be nearly perfect to get any sort of honor and praise, but you can have average quarterbacks not do much at all. I saw something earlier where they were talking about how Demarcus Russell, we all remember Demarcus Russell, Jamarcus, Jill Marcus. I got Demarcus Boogie Cousins mixed up with Jill Marcus uh, Russell, who was with my Raiders and how they were like, he's a bus, he's a bus. But if you pull up the numbers, for Danny Dimes in the Giants, his numbers are actually worse after his first 20 games. But he has a nickname as Danny Dimes. All he's doing is throwing dimes to the other team. How many fumbles and interceptions has he given up? More so by far, look it up, than Jamarcus Russell in his first 20 games. He's been out the league forever. They made fun of his size and how fat he is, but okay. He had an arm as a cannon. He can throw the ball 60 yards on his knees. So his talent was undeniable. But he was out the league before you can say what? How is that? Why do you have to be perfect when you are a certain complexion? What does that mean? Where does that come from? I harken back to the movie, Remember the Titans. When Coach Boone, who took over because the schools integrated, they had a successful coach there who was white, but they wanted to make an example and I understand how that may feel, I get that. However, they made a pact. The people above, the people of power, made it to where if he was not flawless, the moment he lost a game, he was out. 
This man had to leave his town, leave his successful coaching area to come to a situation where he was actually forced into, but to only be brought with prejudice. And they said, if he loses a game, he'll be out as head coach. Imagine that. He had to be flawless or he loses his job. Then it came to a point, they had this long winning streak, everything going, everything moving in the right direction. And they even had the, the, the referees paid off to, to cheat him because he, on his own merits, he couldn't do it. On his own merits, they couldn't stop him, but they wanted to cheat him out of it just so he can lose his job. Can you, can you believe the audacity, the unmitigated gall as Stephen A would say? And this is what we're up against. And it is not until the white coach stepped in because he knew what was happening. And when that white coach stepped in, he was then penalized. He got to miss out on going to the Hall of Fame that year. They called him a nigger lover. <laughs> you understand? Do you see what I'm talking about? And it may not even be intentional. It's ingrained in you. It's ingrained in you to think as the other people, the people of darker complexion, as less than. Even with this vaccine coming out right now, as you post the pictures, you see someone by the name of Sandra Lindsay. She's an intensive care nurse, nurse in Long Island. And she's the first one receiving the vaccination. Now they say a lot of them, the people, the people that are on the front lines would be the ones receiving it. But why does the first person have to be black? Why when this is something that's of maybe of consequence or something that may be of risk is someone of darker complexion. We're always the ones on the front lines, even in all the wars in the United States history. There's a pattern here. There's a pattern, even in, in the laws or what have you at the time, they considered us three-fifth human. I talked about it before in an older show when there are people elevate their dogs above that of people of color. There's a system here at place. There's something here ingrained in the DNA, not of this, just this country, in the world. Other countries, the darker you are, the more they look down on you. I'm not making this up. I went to school with other people who made this to be true, who said this in, in, in Latin culture, in Mexican culture, same thing. The darker you are, the uglier you are, the less desired you were. What is that? When I think of the, the different the vaccines, I, it makes me think of the Tuskegee, uh, the, 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 the event in Tuskegee. The experiment in Tuskegee. Back in like, what, 1932 and the 1930s? When they were giving them all syphilis. Against their knowledge. They used them as lab rats. Over 600 black men. And the effects are still having today. This stuff is documented throughout history. But why is it? These are the things that, that get us boiling inside. These are the things that we're trying to overcome. We just want to be treated as equals. We just want to be treated as humans, human beings. Now it makes me think, and I remember Erica Badu saying this, maybe we are gods on this land. Because only can you expect perfection from those of gods is it something that you know that you're just not telling us is there a reason why you want to keep on suppressing us to a lower level because you feel like we'll just overthrow you is it something that you know through history that you could be hiding that we are just not 
abreast to. We're just not cognizant to. And why do we just keep settling for a seat at the table when we should be conquering the entire home? I'll leave it there. Until next time. We do not own the rights to this music. Yeah, this is C Night from the Dove Shack. Getting those shit out, kicking it at Kings Park with all the homies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what you um check out my homie boat to the rock
That was How I Feel by T.I. featuring Killer Mike and Eric Bellinger. It's on T.I.'s new album that just released not too long ago called Libra. Now this week, there's always so many things we can talk about. But right now, I feel like I want to give words of encouragement to my listeners, primarily to my brothers, but even, you know, even my sisters, there's some things, I mean, in our community, it is the black women who hold us down. It is the black women who lift us up. So I especially want to give this out tonight as well. Just thinking through things in life. And we feel like things are downtrodden and how it's going to be hard for us to get ahead. When we look like no matter what decisions we make, we will never get the quality or the freedom we search for. But I'm here to tell you today that nothing is impossible. I'm possible. I had a teacher who told me in the fifth grade, told my mother that I would never see the age of 15, that I would never see the age of 30. And I remember crying on my 30th birthday wanted to tell Mr. Tripp, look at here, I made it. All because I got into a spat with him and he threw my shoes over the balcony because I took my shoes off in class and I gave him two piece. <laughs> now I'm not bragging about that. But what I'm here to tell you is that you cannot allow small hiccups in your past to determine your future. You can make your future. You can change your future in any day. For you can set yourself a goal because a goal is a dream with a deadline. A goal is a dream with a deadline. Set those goals, write them down. Write them down and see how you could achieve them. I set out a goal to have a family, have a child. I set out goals to have my own business because I, I got tired of working for the man. And I'm achieving them every day. You write them down. You can even put together one of those vision boards. Put together a vision board so you can see it. That affirmation every day, you can focus in on it. You can take a look at that. For Bruce Lee once said that the successful warrior is the average man with laser focus. So be focused. Don't let the things from the left and to the right to deter you. Have those blinders on like a, like, like, like a championship horse, like a steed. And stay focused on your path of success, on the goals you set before you. Make sure you stay positive. Don't allow the negative people around you to drown you out. Remove yourself from them. Circle yourself around people who are actually better than you. We get comfortable around those who are unsuccessful because they make us feel good about ourselves. Like you want to be the tallest midget in a circus. Now, I'm not trying to say midget in a derogatory term. I know how it's uh, socially unacceptable at these times. I know everybody's so uh, a political whatever but it's a frame it's an old saying I mean no offense but make sure you're the shortest person in the room and how those people elevate you make yourself positive be the positive person to remove yourself from those people because it's your attitude not your aptitude that will determine your altitude let me say that again it is your attitude not your aptitude, which will determine your altitude. Stay focused, stay positive. Keep your goals in front of you. Keep them in front of you and keep striding for them. And when you reach those goals, set new ones. Set new ones. Keep pushing. 
I remember a graphic I saw before, they had this miner who kept on digging, kept on digging, kept on digging, and then one day he just picked up his pick and said, doggone it, I'm never gonna reach the other side. I'm never gonna get to that treasure. And little did he know, if he just would've dug a little bit longer, if you look at the other side of the picture, because we have, the, we can see the forest through the trees, we're up outside of it, we can see the picture to see that right on the other side, just one more little pick, and he would've reached his treasure, but he gave up too soon. Because remember, everything you ever wanted is on the other side of fear. Everything you ever wanted. But remember, you cannot receive those things if you have fear in your heart. You gotta have faith. Because faith is the only thing that's gonna push you through times of despair. When, when you try to reach for your goals, they're gonna knock you back down. But you can't give up. Look about your vision void and stay focused. That laser focus and get back on your path. There's gonna be a season when, when, when it's time to mourn. There's gonna be a season when you might have a slight, slight form of depression. There's gonna be a season when things just don't seem like they're going okay, but guess what? You can't quit. Quitting is not an option. Stay positive, stay focused, stay determined, because just on the other side of the mountain, there is your paradise. Stay vigilant, my people. Until next time. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it this week, guys. Thank you guys for visiting and stopping in for this special episode. This is actually episode 50. This is the 50th episode. Thank you guys for rocking with me for 50 episodes for over a year now. Appreciate it. This was just a special episode. We took a, took a week off. Had to do some family time. So next week, we're going to come back with some fire takes and a lot more excitement and a lot of things to come forward to. So we can put some other things together for our future next 50 show. Maybe another special episode. We're going to do that one. We had a couple of songs this week. Um, we actually had uh, Backyard Boogie by Mac Bueno, Mac Tan from Inglewood. We had him rocking out today. And we also had Summertime in the LBC. That is a West Coast classic by the Dove Shack. So if y'all don't know those, check those out. Peep those out. If you love those tunes, go back and play them up. Get those streams up. No final word this week. So I'm just going to tell y'all, remember, spread love, share love, embrace love. For God is love. Until next time, peace.